Greetings, everyone. This is a Sound Health radio show where we talk about the crossroads of the environment and our health with Richard Talk to Me Guy. And as we know, Sherry Edwards is off working on the soundhealthportal.com. Always got her tool belt on in there, making a new chart, a new graph, something else amazing. I would suggest going to the soundhealthportal.com, scrolling down just a bit, and clicking on the Watch How button. You'll see a short video explaining how to record and submit your first recording. It's very simple, but just watch the How button. It makes it so much easier. Then go back to the soundhealthportal.com, scroll down to Current Active Campaigns, and a campaign is one where you can get a free vocal print showing you the information about such as corona conflicts or biodiet or PTSD, TBI, or my favorite, neuroplasticity. I always like to know what's going on in the brain. And pick one of those. Then when you click on that campaign and go click on free voice analysis, the system will then walk you through submitting your recording, and you'll get a report back in about one to two hours. And you sit down with a cup of tea and review that. And if you have a practitioner who's open to other kinds of information, and I mean just different forms the way it's presented, you can go to your chiropractor or your acupuncturist or your naturopathic physician and have a conversation about, we're working on this. What do you think about that? And it's a lot of information. So that's why I suggest starting with watching the how-to button, because then you'll see, have an idea of the kind of information you'll get, which is vast. To hear and share replays of this show, about 20 to 30 minutes after you hear the outro music, go to talktomeguy.com. Scroll down that page, and you'll see this show at the top of the episodes page. There are also archives of hundreds of shows available there as well. And at the bottom of the page, in the right-hand corner, is this microphone. And if you click on that microphone, you can leave me a message. You can leave a question for a guest. You can make any suggestion you want, or just say hi. And I'll get notified. And if you have a question that needs answering, I'll get back to you. With that... Ed Harold is an author, inspirational leader, public speaker, coach, and educator. Ed's mastery is in the science of mindful breathing, blends the fields of neuroscience and the wisdom of contemplative traditions into effective strategies to improve health, well-being, and performance. Ed is the author of Life with Breath, IQ, and EQ equals New You and Body, Mind, Business, The Business of Being Within. Ed is a contributing editor for Thrive Global, Mind, Body, Green, and PT on the Net, Huffington Post, and more. Ed's Breath is Medicine trainings offer continuing education in the healthcare, health and wellness, fitness, allied health, and sleep medicine communities. He's the breath expert for Goldie Hawn's Mind Up organization. Ed is a breath master on the soon-to-be-released BreathSource app for Android and iOS. Ed joins us to talk about effective breathing strategies to improve health, well-being, and performance. Welcome, Ed. Thank you so much, Rich, for having me on your program. It's great to be with you as always. And I would like to ask you, if you would please, take us through a short breath exercise because I can always use it. And I know that the audience will like it as well. Could you take us through a, one of your amazing, you know, they always seem so like simple when you think about it, but they're really so powerful for getting us to be here now. I'd love to. So if we could just prepare the body for the focused breath. And that begins with alignment. The first thing we want to do is ground ourselves in the planet. So push your feet firmly down in the floor, or if you're seated cross-legged, press your coccyx bone down into the earth and splay your hips a little wider and let your pelvic bowl become neutral. For those of you seated in a chair, as you press down into your feet, engage the muscles of your legs like you're going to try to stand up, but don't. Notice immediately the vertebra becomes straight from the lumbar spine to the base of the spine. The shoulder blades back and down away from the earlobes. The trunk of the neck is open. 
shifting your awareness to your face. Take a focused breath and see if you can relax the muscles of your eyes. And let the eyes rest back further in the sockets, free of tension, creating a free flow of blood in the forebrain area. And then shifting your awareness to your jaw and separating your teeth a fraction of an inch, unweighting the masseter muscle that supports the load off for speaking and eating. Separate your lips a fraction of an inch and let go of any tension you might be aware of around your lips. And allow the top of your tongue to rest on the upper palate without straining. Begin to slow your breath down to the pace of a tourist, breathing in and out through the nostrils, and alert your brain that the environment that you're in right now is safe, free of danger, and all feelings are welcomed in this little breath experience. And shifting your awareness to the skull, take your head and just move right to left, up and down, east and west, and try to find the most perfected spot where the skull can rest on top of your spine, where there's a zero-point balance of neutrality around the brain. You'll know it as soon as you find it. Awareness to the process we call inhale. The taking in of the external environment and breathing it into our internal environment. And as you slow this down and you allow the breath to enter the belly before the breath rises up to the collarbone, what does that feel like? And just notice the sensations of breathing into the belly, supporting the spine, supporting digestion, supporting heart rate and blood pressure, before the air comes up towards the top of the collarbone. You'll find a point where you can't inhale anymore. Your lungs will be fully inflated for now. And then there's a gap in the inhale and the initiation of the exhale. The exhale through the nose is key to burning fat, to relaxing our physiology, and to slowing the film down that we're watching in our mind. And as we slow down that film, notice we can respond to the moment in a healthy way. We need to react the same way we did yesterday. We want to become more self-aware. So this process of exhale, it's created in the abdomen from your abdominal muscles. And what does it feel like to expel your internal thoughts, feelings, events, and memories back out into the external field? You can rewrite your story every breath of your life if you choose to sometimes called neuroplasticity. So breathing as slowly as you can with a straight spine, an open mind, exchanging gases, being a human being before you're a human doing, and getting comfortable inside your, your little human uniform. Because if you're not comfortable in there, it's going to be extremely uncomfortable in what you're picking up with your five senses in your external environment. So let's go a little deeper and explore the mind-brain-heart connection. And while we're breathing slowly, when your inhale is complete, hold the breath in several seconds. 
And when the exhale is complete, hold the breath out several seconds. You choose how long to hold, but don't let it disturb the flow of the in and out breath. It should not be rushed. It should not be hurried. And when you consciously stop breathing after the inhale, notice what's there for you. The greatest teacher of all, silence. And when you stop breathing at the end of the exhale, consciously, what's there for you? Stillness. Greatest teachers that have been on the planet for thousands of years, the teacher of silence and the teacher of stillness. And when you're holding in, if you want to feel a little more heat, maybe contract your abdominal muscles. Maybe squeeze your buttock and thighs. Maybe squeeze your buys and tries, isometrically contracting these muscles and these little microscopic muscles that are on our blood vessels, strengthening blood flow, alkalinity, and oxygenation. Breathing slowly, short breath retentions. Sense the mind moving when you breathe. It's perfectly fine. And sense the mind stopping when you consciously stop breathing. Notice there are times where you would prefer the mind to sit and other times when you would prefer the mind to create or move. It's the foundation of a healthy body. And this breath control is one of the keys to unlocking your life where you might feel locked up. After the next round, release consciously controlling the breath and let your body breathe on its own now. And notice it knows how to breathe on its own. It has its own genius on how to breathe. You don't have to control it. You might notice that you barely need to breathe right now. Stay alive and be fully alert yet calm. How did we do that? Feel ready. Take a deep breath in through your nose and exhale out through mouth slowly with a sigh and then we can reconnect and just know that you are love in action thank you thank you and mic drop thank you everybody that has been great no I'm kidding it uh, it takes me so many directions because of the things that you've talked about one of them that comes to mind is for years of watching people doing martial arts and particularly somebody like Bruce Lee, who would take no matter what, whether it was in a scene or an actual competition and other martial artists, not just him, but everybody thinks they're preparing for war and aggression when they're doing everything you just talked about. But really, and since as he was a master of that, he was really preparing to be completely 100% in the moment. I don't think he was visualizing killing somebody or lopping off an arm or whacking somebody in the head with a stick. I, I feel that he was being, getting himself to be completely and totally in that moment so that he was at one with what he was about to do. And it's so powerful. I to- yeah, I totally agree. And there was a certain magnetism to Bruce Lee, and I think everybody resonates with that to some degree. And where does that magnetism come from? Well, it comes from the human heart. 
And how can we support the intelligence that's in our heart in our daily life? That space where decision and action are one. They're not two separate entities. They're actually forming one flow of energy and awareness. And that's what you'll see with Mr. Lee is action and decision were at one with him. Mm-hmm. And other and other martial artists, even uh, Steven Seagal, who compared to Bruce Lee, is more of a lumbering type. But he's the same way. I mean, he went a slightly quirky direction, but that's a separate story. But in the same kind of form of competition, he was right there. Even in acting, he was just in the moment, and then he would go into battle. It, sometimes it didn't look like it, because once he was in that flow state, because I think it, it brings you to a place of flow, and then the body kicks in because they've done repetitive work so much that they can flow into whatever happens. He was more of an Aikido style, but it was still being in the moment. The moment is so powerful. Wow, we're here now. It's, it's a great place. And it's, the only place. it's the only place to be. And <laughs> the body is yeah. always it. Uh, this yeah. is why the breath is so important. And, and what I think might be lacking just a bit in today's world is a lack of situational awareness. Situational awareness. What is going on in this moment? What is the opportunity for me to create in this moment? Situational awareness. What is going on right now? And how can I interact with it, with my higher self, my God self, maybe per se, rather than my egoic old self or lower self? Mm-hmm. And I think I, I didn't know this when we booked this at the time that this is February's heart month. And I think that's one of the things of the work you do with breath and meditation and a bunch of the words that we'll talk about in a bit, like spaces in between. Is what are the cardiovascular, I'm talking structural, cardiovascular benefits of breath work? Or some of them, I guess I would say. Well, there's our, there's our physiological heart, the pump, and then there is the psychological heart, the thinking heart, the, the creative heart, which never raises his or her voice in our mind's ear. The heart will never holler at you. It will never put you down. It will never shame you. It understands the greater picture of what you're going through in the mind so we we have to get quiet to hear the messages of the heart and you know the essence of the heart is that we need to be more creative than the problem at hand or the way we've been dealing with this issue if we're in negative stress so it's for the physiological heart the little opening salvo that we fired up against our ego with the breath control and how we set the spine into alignment and softened. We brought our heart rate down. So you'll notice that when we came out of the technique, we barely needed to breathe. We became super energy efficient. We were metabolizing our fat or inflammation as our primary fuel source rather than the hyperactivity of glucose or sugar. So one thing I like to teach folks is that, you know, mouth breathing is going to raise your heart rate and nasal breathing is going to lower your heart rate. Your breath rate per minute, how many breaths you're taking per minute is going to be a reflection of your heart rate. And your heart rate is going to reflect your blood pressure. And the brain will look at your blood pressure and it's going to decide whether you're safe in this moment and you're going to make decisions from your lower self, your amygdala, your hypothalamus, or you're going to make decisions from higher brain, your hippocampus, and learn new skills and create new ways to be you. And when the brain senses safety around taking less breaths per minute, then the body naturally begins to burn fat, not store fat. Our story, our subconscious, everything we've been through, is stored in our fat cells. So it vibrates at a certain frequency or wave. 
So one of the master keys to clearing the past or letting go of that grief field that sometimes becomes us is to slow down the breath, especially on the inhale, stabilize the brain. You always want to exhale longer than your inhale so that you're burning fat. You know, 80% of our fat is burned through the lungs during the nostril exhale. This alerts the brain that, that everything is okay. The all clear is sounded in the mind because it wasn't and you were in danger. You'd be exhaling shorter than your inhale, bring up cortisol, bringing up adrenaline to fight off the intruder or run like hell to get the hell out of here. So, you know, it's all very primitive, but I try to explain it in a way, you know, without being like Dr. Fauci or, you know, you, you don't need a lot of science here to understand this. You need to close your eyes, slow your breath down, and make mental notes of what's occurring. Nothing bad is going to happen. So you're just opening yourself up to noticing that when you're taking less breath for a minute, when you come out of the experience that we just had, notice you barely need to breathe. Your heart rate and blood pressure were stable. Your neurochemistry was calm, and you were at one with your story or between action and decision, and your body was burning fat, not sugar. And in that place of the gap, the, the slow motion breathing and creating a gap, the space in between, as I know you call it, and because it's heart month, is this a space for us to become more heartfelt, heart aware? And I mean that in all the esoteric manner you'd like to dive into. I think that conscious gap is a wake-up point. It's a point where we can hold ourselves accountable. It's a place where we can check in deeply with ourselves. You know, we can't learn anything new when we're talking, whether it be external or in our internal dialogue. So when we consciously control the breath and we make that little gap, there's an opening, like a black hole almost. You can begin to see that there's a huge universe outside of our normal habits and desires and ego. And in that I think we can hear the whispers from the heart. And if this is something that we can achieve on a daily basis, in other words, make a connection, these connections will become habits. And these habits will become rituals. And these rituals will be something we can do every day. And when you're working with the breath like this, you don't need, you know, an hour in the gym. We just did that for maybe five minutes. That's how the ancients did their cardio. There wasn't any gyms back there. They used breath control to hack into the cardiovascular system to raise the heart rate, and then the heart rate would come back down, and they would receive the benefits of traditional Western cardio. Mm. Well, in, uh, in the longevity book, complete title is but it's about longevity they talked about zones and one of the primary one of the leading zones for health and longevity was sardinia a small island off of italy and it was mm. the men of sardinia were the were the big leaders in longevity and they didn't work out they didn't none of that they spent hours every day walking up and down hills managing their sheep because that's a primary sort of crop in sardinia and that was their that was their life that was how they stayed healthy and vital and and lived long they ate well and mostly organic unintentionally i imagine just because they grew food and they had food and they ate what they herded but they lived a long time by living not by sitting and you know going to the gym and working out for every days it was part of their life being vital was part of it and that led to one of the areas that's got great longevity. And so as you say of the ancients, they didn't spend time in the gym. I, I didn't think about the, the nasal breathing part. I used to be a gym rat. And there was a lot of breathing, but it was because you were going to try and lift something heavy over your head. And I think that that part that just breathing, you know, this should be introduced to everybody who's interested in weight management. 
is the idea that, oh, you can do a lot with breath. Wow. And it's built in. We don't have to go someplace to take a class on breathing. Well, we do, but for other reasons. So I think that's a real powerful sleeper, breath. And heartfelt, you know, the heartfelt part, I really think that if we were operating more from heart, we would be able to have conversation with people we might disagree with, but still talk with them. We're all humans. We're all in the same ship. And pick up some of the vibe of the heartfelt energy that the earth has. Well, you know, the ego is not in the heart. Uh, the ego likes to separate, conquer, divide, you know, um, I'm better than you or, you know, I'm more spiritually advanced than you. There's always going to be some sort of separation there that might temporarily make us artificially feel superior to others when nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, We are all exceptionally average. We all have different skill sets. There is a unity in our diversity regardless of race, creed, uh, politics, all the things the ego does to separate us and trick us away from our heart and not trust the heart and to learn only to trust the head. And the head's a wonderful place. Everybody loves, you know, thinking and the creativity of the mind. But, you know, there needs to be a sense of presence. There needs to be a sense of focus. There needs to be a sense of being grounded. And this comes from the breath and the heart and the body. And one of my early meditation teachers told me one time, he goes, you know, Ed, the head, the body just isn't something to carry the head around. The body's intelligent also. And you'll never hear that from the head. And whenever I'm working with, not a lot, of, not all the time, but sometimes, you know, the mind is the last to know that the all clear has been sounded and you've transitioned or healed that particular wound or that particular addiction, whatever that may be. So, you know, the mind sometimes that we get from the brain isn't really the safest place for us to be. And if we can breathe our mind into our heart and just sit back and watch the show in the heart, you'll notice it's very different than the brain. You'll notice the heart speaks to you in sentences understand everything comes in three or four words a bumper sticker that you can immediately resonate you might notice when you breathe into your heart that there is no fear there at all there is no insecurity there is no sense of lack of on any level financially love whatever it may the heart doesn't participate in any of that so there's a whole different dialogue that's available to us that's simply cut off from the majority of the culture the majority of the time. And the heart simply waits patiently for us to run through all our schemes in the head. Then when it finally falls through and, you know, we're filled with rejection or whatever, the particular depression or anxiety, the heart just says, oh, my friend, you've been out on a wonderful hike, but I am here for you. And hopefully now that you're exhausted, you can listen to me for the next uh, five or ten seconds, and then we'll get back on the path together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know why this comes to mind, but the the heart reminds me of this, the wise old dog, you know, who's like, nah, I don't think we really want to do that. Don't you want to think about it first? Really? You know, why don't we just sit here and scratch my ear some more, and it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. We don't have to get worked up. I'm not going to get up and bark at that because that's just the something, the garbage man. I know what's going on. It's fine. Just sit here with me. That's good. Trust me. The word, the word that comes to mind when we're in our heart, it's not a fancy word. It does have some depth to it, and I call it equanimity. Mm. Yeah. All, all events outside of ourselves are equal and neutral. All events inside ourselves are obviously quite different than that. Yeah. Yeah. What a powerful, <clears throat> excuse me, what a powerful place to operate from. I just think it's, you know, I think I don't seem like I may be heartfelt in the, on the outside. I look a little, you know, rugged, perhaps. <laughs> and, however, 
uh, and this takes back to the heartfelt, this takes me back to my decades of chefing, is the idea of taking the crew, even if it only took two minutes to have your crew stand and do that breath work for just two minutes before we open the restaurant, to get everybody in unison, which it would be awesome, because it's a very team, it's a team sport. People just don't think of it that way, the kitchen part. And then the kitchen interfaces with the people who bring the food out to you. And it is really a team. And to have them all in synchronous kind of moment before starting, that's a whole niche teaching people in the kitchen how to, like, come together. It's not a competition. We're not competing here. We're working together. And that's the same day of this is having our hearts communicate seems like a great way to work together. We're all on the same ship here. I hate to keep going back to that, but that seems to be slightly lost. But as we talked a little bit backstage, it does seem like that's we're getting more back into closer to thinking about being in a flow state. I can't work that into a question, but I know you have comments there. <laughs> well, humanity is a team sport. Mm. And, you know, life is a lot like playing right field in baseball. You know, 99% of the time, the ball's not coming out there, but you better be on your toes and ready to go. So, you know, it's interesting living from the heart. It's almost like we have to unplug from these constant dopamine hits that we're craving all the time so that we have this, you know, hyper sense of arousal, you know, this sense of, being young again or, you know, whatever it may be and trying to find this enmity internally was one of the goals of a lot of the ancient meditators, just being in this rhythm of earth, this sunrise, this sunset, this energy of high tide and low tide, like how does this occur? This energy of the planet turning in the winter, spring, summer, fall, all these, these are the most powerful energies on the planet, and they are inherent to all of us. They, it is inside each of us. We are all uniquely qualified to tune ourselves to this energetic flow of the planet. It's, it's Mother Earth. It's not Father Earth. And Mother Earth means that any moment of your life, you can become more conscious. Any moment of your life, you might notice that you are actually a student and you are in school from the time you open your eyes in the morning to the time you close your eyes at night. And there's opportunities to learn. And the part of me that thinks I know it all is the part of me that always gets me into trouble. So, <laughs> you know, making that transition from the know-it-all to beginner and being okay, being in beginner mind, being okay going back to kindergarten every morning and knowing that it's great to have a plan but there's other factors that our awareness is missing that are going to come to us during the day, during our plan. And how are we going to respond to the turbulence? How are we going to respond to the sense of maybe external resistance to our internal plan? Can we do that in a healthy way? Or do we need to force and push and use willpower for every single thing that comes up our way. It's like taking a wheelbarrow and it's uphill all the time. Now, you might be able to do that for a little while, but that's really not the goal of while you're here. You want the earth to move that wheelbarrow for you. Mm -hmm. This is really, <clears throat> I had made a note of this because I, I had this as a sort of a segment idea, but it's really what you exactly you're talking about is it's what I would call the breathe and learn as the lifestyle. And that seems yeah. so powerful. Breathe, pay attention to how your body's doing, and learn. Oh, 
Wow, I'm, ha- I'm having a moment of awareness. Let's have another one. I think that's extremely powerful. And perhaps interact with some people in the process. Well, you know, I'm one of the firm believers that life is about developing awareness, self-awareness, awareness of self. I think education plays a huge role in our skill sets. You have to have a blueprint kind of of what you're trying to do. I think experience plays a huge role in regard to continuing to grow, making mental notes along the way, what's working, what's not working. But I think what life is really about is awareness. Because I can't ask you to interact with any thought form, memory, or perception that you're not aware of. So my role might be simply to create as many choices subjectively in your brain to work with the objects that we pick up externally in our world and know that the brain thinks, it judges, it limits, but the heart knows and it allows and it lets us flow. At the foundation, I think we find that everything is kind of inverted. When I go deeper, I begin to see that my emotions, how I feel about something, controls my thoughts or my level of interest. On my surface level, it seems like my thoughts control my emotion. So I think my mood has a huge intrinsic value on my interest to know more or to push things away. And it's really hard to manage moods without consciously controlling our breath. Because the breath will control the size of the wave of the mood. And we're all just sacred surfers, you know. The important thing is we're out in this water. The thoughts and emotions are waves. And you're going to ride these waves whether you like them or not. And because Earth is a participated sport. So the mm-hmm. idea is I want to control the size of the wave that I'm riding today based on my awareness of yesterday. I'm not going to go to Hawaii today to pipeline to ride a 25-foot wave at, you know, 60-some years old. I'm going to go find a wave that's five or six feet that's manageable for me where I'm going to be excited, I'm going to be aroused, and I have enough awareness in this body to skillfully ride a five- or six-foot wave. Huh. In that moment. In that moment. I, there's a gentleman that I follow for other material, but he's a big wave surfer. I always have to think about those words together seem not what I'm looking for. But he's a world-renowned com- – he's competitive, but he's also somebody who goes out and like, oh, yeah, the waves were about 50 feet today. It was great. I'm thinking, that is like, No. <laughs> just no. Right. There's no part of my body that goes, that sounds great. And he just thinks it is an amazing space to be in. And I suspect he doesn't seem like a person who would fit into our, the conversation we're having at this moment because he's more sort of brusque in his character and competitive. But I think that there's that part of him that's in there that is that exactly. He knows it's a sacred moment. His body knows in some point that it's a sacred moment when he's on top of a 60-foot wave, which is mind-blowing to see. I've seen footage of him do it. And it's just like they have to draw a little circle on the thing of like, see that little dot? That's him on that wave. It's amazing. But I think in that moment, he's completely in that moment. And that's where he is. He's not anywhere else. And I think that's so powerful. In that case, scary, but powerful to be, be where you are. It's all about awareness. Yeah. And it's really easy for us to organically grow awareness. In other words, there's more choices. Uh-huh. When we can control the heart rate. You know, everybody's different, but we're all the same. You know, when the heart rate reaches a certain level, learning stops. There's too much tension. And we'll resort back to an old subconscious program that was comfortable for us. So... Keeping the heart rate down and the brain 
sensing safety, awareness will organically and naturally create more choices for ourselves on where the mind will normally go. And this, and this kind of scares folks sometimes. You know, I see some folks that are, you know, there's just too many choices. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, they want life handed to them. You know, animals have two choices. I do or I don't. You know, we have thousands of choices, folks who are aware. And be grateful that you have these choices and the things that you've been through in your life so you can make a conscious choice right now today and make tomorrow even better. Spaces in between, be aware of the moment, and learn. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of – everybody's a breath expert these days, you know, and I, I get it. <laughs> uh, Excuse me, I'm not laughing at you. Yes, yes. No, so, you know, as yeah. something gets bigger, not to – you know, it can get dangerous mm-hmm. out there. But the bottom line is, is what happens when we come out of the experience. So earlier we did some slow motion breathing. We did a little bit of breath retention. And then when we stopped consciously controlling the breath, you'll notice you barely needed to breathe. So let's go to the other end of the spectrum if if we can, Richard. So mm-hmm. what we're going to do now mm-hmm. is we're going to breathe fast through the nose. Now we won't do it as long because the heart rate's going to go up and the heart and the blood pressure is going to go up. But since we're breathing through the nose rather than the mouth, there won't be any hyperventilation. There'll still be the filtration process that we get through the villi of the nose, keeping airborne pollutants out. There'll be more of an, uh, an aerobic effect on the, the muscles of inhale and exhale. But when we come out of this, you'll notice you'll be in the same physiological or psychological state, and we're doing the exact opposite of what we did at the top of the show. Do you want to try this? Yes, please. So let's just sit up tall again. Again, creating alignment for neutrality. Feet are on the ground. Engage the muscles of the legs and sit up tall and then relax the muscles of the legs. Let the shoulders fall away from your ears and let your eyes close. Relax the features of your face and become aware of the air that's being exchanged through your nostrils and the pace of your breathing. Now, keeping your low jaw relaxed and keeping your eyes back in the sockets. In a few seconds, I'm going to ask you to breathe quickly in and out through your nose in your own unique way and try to find a rhythm to it where the inhale and exhale are about one round per second or a round would be an inhale or exhale. So sit up tall. We're going to breathe fast through our nose for several seconds in three, two, one, breathe fast through your nose. Find a rhythm, and then push on that rhythm. Take a deep breath in through your nose, ladies and gentlemen. Exhale all the air through your nose. And at the base of the exhale, hold your breath out. You'll notice you barely need to breathe because you just super-oxygenated your cells. When your body calls for breath, inhale slowly through your nose. Hold your breath in and bring your awareness to the core of your heart and just hold in and watch your heart expand through your chest, up into your brain, down your arms, And when you feel the need to exhale, exhale slowly through your nose. Inhale slowly through your nose. Exhale slowly through your nose. 
maybe you want to go back to the first technique, which was inhale, pause, exhale, pause. Or you just might want to breathe organically, in and out, slowly. Whatever you choose is perfect, friends. And what is the difference, I can feel it physically, between mouth breathing? Why do we get so much more benefit out of nasal breathing over mouth breathing? That's a whole nother show. Okay. We can do that another time. (laughs) But obviously, you know, the mouth breathing is an emergency breathing mechanism that is designed to keep us alive when the nostrils are clogged or if we need a quick burst of energy to remove an enemy or move ourselves away from an enemy. And this hyperventilation activates the top sleeve of our lungs, the upper lobes of the lungs. And in lung physiology, the top of the lungs are imbued with sympathetic nerve endings, cortisol and adrenaline nerve receptors. And this is designed for self-preservation. This is designed to save our life. It's not designed for daily breathing. It's not designed for exercise. When we breathe through the mouth in that way, there is no, there is no filter. Okay, The air comes into the mouth. There mm. is no filter. Mm. Airborne pollutants get into the lungs. Whatever it's, It weakens immunity. It shuts down digestion. All the energy leaves the abdomen that we're using for digestion, elimination, and assimilation, and homostasis and balance, and then it's brought up into the brain to organize some sort of an attack or defend protocol. And this is something that is very old to us. It's something that humans have been doing for hundreds of thousands of years when we were hunter-gatherers and living out in the wild. Uh, you know, today we're not in that type of danger of being eaten by a bear we're just dealing with thoughts and these thoughts are harmless when we can remove self-attachment to the thoughts. You know, when we breathe through the nose, it it sends the all clear sound through the lower brain, that cave person brain. And it lights up the higher brain area, the hippocampus area where this new awareness or self neuroplasticity lives. All adults learn new perceptions, values, habits through the hippocampus first. So you consciously become aware that there's a new way to interact with that habit, memory, perception, person, place, or thing. And then that consciously goes back into your cerebellum, which is your hindbrain. Everything you've been through is stored back there and in the body. So when you want to change a habit that is no longer serving you, It first runs through the hippocampus with the slower breath. This is the most healthiest way to learn new behavior. Then that conscious new awareness of it might be, okay, I I feel safe around someone. But in your subconscious, it's stored that this person is dangerous and I need to protect myself around that person or place or thing or alcohol or sex or credit card, whatever it may be. So that's stored in the subconscious. Subconscious is much more powerful than the conscious brain. And the subconscious gets bad publicity, but without the subconscious, we'd have to relearn everything every day from how to get out of bed to how to go to the bathroom to how to open a door or close a window, etc. So when you're running these new awarenesses through your hippocampus and it goes back against your cerebellum, some things are easy to shift. Some awarenesses, you can change those in in one day. Other things take weeks, months, maybe even years. So this breathing through the nose gets the energy of the breath through the two prefrontal lobes rather than just taking the air through the mouth into the top sleeve of the lungs, which stimulates the amygdala in the fight, flight, or freeze. And once you get the breath through the nose, the air moves into the lower lobes of the lungs, And the lower lobes of your lungs have relaxation nerve endings, serotonin, dopamine, hemoglobin, oxygen-rich. And this lower lobes of the lungs are huge in regard to how we feel about things. 
And on that inhale through the nose, your thoracic diaphragm muscle, which allows the air to come into the lower lobes of the lungs, vertically presses down towards the low back, which creates a straight spine. So we're more efficient with our energy. It also allows the enteric nervous system, which is a branch of our autonomic nervous system, where we store serotonin and dopamine to be activated. It also provides a huge massage to our liver, gallbladder, and our stomach and spleen, the four organs of the solar plex region of the upper abdomen. And our whole life revolves around the health of those four organs in the solar plex region of the body. So strengthening and having more range of motion of the thoracic diaphragm and getting air down into the lower lobes of the lungs is huge in regard to sustainable energy level neuroplasticity in the brain, staying in rhythm during the day so you get a good night's sleep, strengthening immunity. We know our immune system comes from 75% of it, 80% comes from the health of our gut. So we could go on for days talking about the benefits of nostril breathing and the detriment to the human mind and body in aging ourselves and spiking our heart rate with this unconscious mouth breathing. I think the interesting thing that I observed doing it is that I came back, I would think that I would come back pumped in a certain way, more like ready for competition, you know, a combative moment. But instead Mm -hmm. I came back smoother and calmer. I did feel my lower back relax a little. I'm always standing. I stand, I stand all day instead of sitting. And I just noticed my lower back release a little and get a little more calm and at ease. And I feel more calm and at ease from the rapid nasal breathing. What a ride that was, wasn't it? Look where our heart rate went. And then look how it came down. Major detoxification to the kidneys, and we reset the adrenal glands that sit on top of these kidneys. A lot of that probably helped with that low low back thing that was just going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But what I was trying to bring to the foreground of the audience was that You know, whether you're going to breathe fast or whether you're going to breathe slow, when you come out of the technique, notice you're barely breathing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. So how how would you use that in real life? So most folks, life's going too fast, can't keep up, always late, blah, blah, blah. So if life's going too fast in the external world, you want to use slow motion breathing to recalibrate your perception of what's outside of you. And then the opposite would be when life gets a little stagnant, when you feel like you've lost your creativity, you've lost your spark of being you, then you would use fast breathing. Mm-hmm. That's, at the, that's, that's really the fundamental good. basic blueprint. Yeah. That will be at a whole other show. <laughs> we'll talk a lot more about all of that because that's extremely powerful. I mean, breath is extremely powerful, but that just right there is wow. I'm going to Oh, go ahead. You know, I think, you know, when we're stressed, there's an absence of what I call space. And if you ever see a great musician, they understand spacing. If you ever see a great plate of food, the chef understands spacing. And I I think in today's culture, we're missing this spacing that is available to us in between each breath. Mm -hmm. And this spacing is, I think, the key to accessing silence, stillness, the master teacher of all of us. I just wanted to get that out there. We'll talk about that on the show where we talk about the kinds of breathing, because <laughs> that's, oh, that's a whole nother category we could talk about. But I want to ask you about the release of this new, exciting app through the breath source, because I think this is a wonderful opportunity for people to have access to what you do on the device they have with them, probably most of the time, except maybe in the shower, <laughs> their phone. So talk to us about the Breath Source app. The Breath Source app is the dream child of a man named Travis Steffens. And 
he was in real estate and he became involved in breath work and was using breath to heal his own life. And a lot of the people who he had working with him in his real estate company were uh, either homeless people or down their luck or had been in prison or had some sort of struggle in their life. And he would go down and teach breathing classes to these folks who were down on their luck, and it immediately changed their lives. Then something turned on in him uh, a couple years ago where he wanted to bring this to the world. So he contacted about 20 of the leading breathwork educators and teachers in the world, and, and we've come together to create the breast source. And there's all sorts of different techniques and different styles and different applications all across the human platform. There's also some other people involved in the app, like Dr. Zach Bush and uh, Ben Greenfield, uh, the Brain Tap Company. Uh, there's great vendors on there and a great host of teachers, educators, doctors, physicians, athletes, where we're all going to hopefully be able to show folks what the breath is all about and how it is one of the most efficient ways to improve our health, our well-being, and our human performance. And I know this was a, an amazing opportunity to practice some breath work because you were all set to announce the release of the app last week, and then it was like, no, wait a minute, Apple's not happy yet. The overlords of Apple were not <laughs> happy yet, and they were like, you have to do these things as well. And so there was, I imagine, some bad words possibly in the boardroom, and we're going to see it soon. It's available or it will be available on Android, which I'm happy to hear for those of us that are Android users, but also in the iOS world. And we think possibly in the next week or two, maybe? Yeah. Although we're so just in breathing next, more. In the next <laughs> week or so, it, it'll be out live. And, uh, you know, we're going to take breath in all four corners of the planet and right. just start bringing it to the foreground of everyone. It's very exciting. I love the idea of being able to, you know, listen to something that you're talking about or the other breath masters here, uh, you know, because it's just such great information to have at your fingertips instead of watching mindless babble on TikTok. And TikTok has some good things, but mostly mindless babble to be able to sit down and do a short practice or do a run through with you or, you know, another breath master you find here on the app. And I'll put all that information in the show notes for the Breast Source app um, because I just think it can be a great tool. Well, I do truly believe that breath is medicine, uh, not just for the brain, but it's also for the heart and, and the body. And I think it's accept, accessible to everyone. I've got uh, probably a, of a, a hundred videos that are going to be up on the Breast Source I also have two or three trainings that I put together through the years, which will hold your hand during the process if you're looking to become a professional uh, in the field. And I'm just super pumped to be part of it. And there's some great people on it. And I think we're going to have a profound impact on many people's lives in a positive way very, very quickly. Yes. And everybody is so acclimatized to using their phone to, you know, like I'll talk about at the beginning, I talk about finding the podcast app that you want to listen to this show on that we're all dialed into using that as a tool and what a great thing to be using it for. I mean, the phone to be able to have access to this information at your fingertips, wherever you are. I just think that's stupendous. So I'm very excited about it. I appreciate that, Richard. You're very kind. And I will put that, as I say, the Breast Source app information will be in the show notes. I'll put a link to Ed's website in the show notes. And I'll also put the last show we did talking about life with breath in the show notes because I think that's a good reference point to everything we've done today. And then we will talk about, but yet another show. <laughs> breath, is, breath is only life. Hey, we might want to focus on that, I would think. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much, Ed. Uh, fun as always. You're and the best. 
Thank you. Everybody else have a great rest of the weekend, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you, brother. <laughs>